truly terrible and tragic ending to the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. The latest is that one person has lost his or her life. There are 22 people who are currently wounded. Eight of those people, the reports are saying right now, are in life-threatening condition. We've seen reports that at least 12 children have been shot. It's a little unclear, but it appears that there are children that were shot at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. I mean, Ian, just, I mean, just... What do you what do you even say? There are no words. Uh, just as tragic as you can imagine. Uh, Amber, I, I when this happened, I, I I was listening on the radio and coming back from a fundraiser uh, in downtown Dallas for a homeless shelter, and I, I almost wrecked. I mean, at, at what point are are can we go in, in anywhere in this great country of ours and just say, you know what? Yeah, we're safe. You're good. Y- your kids can't go to school without it being in the back of your mind. You know, you, you can't go to a concert now without it being in the back of your mind. Wherever you, you gather in large places, church, school, you, I mean, it doesn't – and now celebrations, you know, it, I, I was I was stunned again, as we have been. Um, I, I was, you know, talking to a couple people, some of my neighbors, and they're like, you know, we, we just can't let this become, like, oh, another one. We, we, can, we cannot let this become normal. You can't. I mean, because it is, it's just, it's nauseating. Uh, and I just saw an update. So Children's Mercy Hospital, there are 11 children there and nine have gunshot wounds. Okay. Nine children have gunshot wounds. I mean, that is, kids, I mean, you're going to celebrate a Super Bowl. You're, you're going to this remarkable celebration. I mean, my kids still talk. Well, Marin was too young to remember, but the Mavericks winning in 11. I mean, that, you know, you have a quarter of a million people celebrating in unison. Normally, sports brings you together. Right. Normally, sports is one of the most powerful galvanizing aspects that we have as a, as a society here in America. And today, I mean, will you ever go to a, another mass gathering uh, without having that somewhere in the back of your mind? Oh, it's already it's already in the back of my mind. It's in my mind every single day when I drop my four year old son off at school. It's it's never not, frankly, in my mind. It's in my mind every concert I go to. It's it's part of life as we know it now, living in America. That's uh, nauseating. It's, it's it's beyond nauseating. We're the only country in the entire world who has this problem. An estimated one million people were in downtown Kansas City celebrating the Kansas City Chiefs. Estimated 1 million. The metro Kansas City area had canceled classes so that school children could all attend this parade. So there was no school today in Kansas City. School children were encouraged, of course, to go celebrate their team. It's a celebratory time. Your Kansas City Chiefs just won another Super Bowl. How cool is that, kids? You know, a lot of people never get to experience that for their team in their whole lifetime. Go to the Super Bowl parade, because you may not, you don't know when you're going to get another opportunity to do that. And that's why a lot of families were out there. I heard people on the news today and ESPN did a great job of carrying a lot of the local news there from Kansas City. And the reporters were saying how many young families were at this parade. I mean, just in droves. And it makes sense because everybody comes together in celebration. Businesses shut down. Schools close. It's supposed to be a time that everybody is having fun. Everybody is celebrating. Three people are now in custody. So it appears that maybe there was multiple active shooters. There's videos 
all over the internet of various things. One of them, one of the shooters appears, alleged shooters, appears to be being tackled by regular citizens, regular Kansas City fans there at the parade. I mean, though, I mean those dudes Those are two guys are, are awesome. Uh, can we get them a Super Bowl ring? Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Really? I mean, truly, the lives that they must have saved doing that, risking their own life to do that. Those shout out to to whoever that was, because that that was those are unbelievable videos that are coming out. Yeah, there was one alleged shooter. uh, It looked like if you you watch the end of the interview, uh, end of the video. And if you you haven't seen it, it's an easy Google search. The video is everywhere of these two remarkable young men running down a gunman who's fleeing from where he was, you know, firing off rounds. And it looks like he dropped his gun. Uh, and and you, you posted a video of this woman picking up this hand cannon, this assault mm-hmm. rifle. Um, yeah. And these Huge two guys run down this waste of humanity and just basically just jump on him, give him a couple of kidney shots. We should have given him a couple more. Uh, and then there's a woman that comes up going, we've, he, they've got one, calling over the police who put him in cuffs. I mean, those two guys are – just as you mentioned, give them Super Bowl rings. I mean, they yeah. they are two remarkable people. But there was a, there was a remarkable police presence there. Over six hundred cops. I mean, what is the city of Kansas City supposed to do? You know, I mean, you, you can't search everybody who goes to these things. And you and I were talking in our pre-show, where you know, again, it's a celebration. And now that this is going to be in the back of your mind whenever you go to parade. Heck, I, my youngest daughter just mentioned this to me before I get to, you know, are are these type of parades going to now be, you know, an instant reaction. We're done with celebratory parades. We'll touch on that in a second. But my youngest, Marin, mentioned to me, and I really hadn't thought about it. Dad, weren't you just there? And the last gathering at Union Station was the NFL draft. We were just there. I mean, literally standing right there. Mm-hmm. And that was somewhat surreal when she mentioned that. My youngest just going, Dad, weren't you just there? And I'm like, son of a man. You know, I, I mean, it, it just – I can't put into words, Amber. I really can't. It, it is. It, it just. It just. You wonder, like, what makes someone do that? And then the then and then we get into, all right. And you brought up a great point when I posed this question to you in our pre-show meeting with Amber Wilson on me and Simmons here on ESPN Radio. And we'll get into NFL draft, you know, and and you know the the Golden State Warriors trying to lure LeBron to Golden State coming up in just a bit. But I pose the question to you: Are the celebratory parades, whether it's Kansas City winning a Super Bowl, the Texas Rangers, where my kids were, you know, winning the World Series, are these parades, because of what happened today, going to be gone and no more? And you had a great answer. Well, I just said no, because we our concerts no more, our, our churches no more, our schools no more. I mean, we have seen mass shootings all over the place in this country, and... <sighs> I mean, even today, there's been multiple mass shootings in this country. Right now, there's reports coming out that there was just a mass shooting in Georgia at a high school where at least four people have been shot. There's some reports out there of that. I mean, a mass shooting, if it, you know, it's, it's commonplace here in America. It just is. And the reality is that if you were to try to not go to the place that the mass shooting was, then we, we literally wouldn't be going anywhere because they essentially at this point have occurred darn near everywhere. Certainly it feels like it. it is the six year anniversary today of the Parkland high school massacre. Parkland was something that hit me closely because I lived in the Fort Lauderdale area, the Miami Fort Lauderdale area for 20 years. Parkland is a suburb of Fort Lauderdale for people who aren't familiar. 
A beautiful place, incredibly manicured, you know, very, very uppity, right? A place that you would expect your kids to be very safe, that people want to live, you know, multi-million dollar homes everywhere kind of thing. And a nutbag went in there, you know, mowed down high schoolers in their creative writing class and other places on campus as well. That was six years ago to the day. And here we are on Valentine's Day, exactly six years later, multiple mass shootings on just today, including this one at the Kansas City Chiefs parade on a day of celebration, where now we have reports that nine children with gunshot wounds in the Children's Hospital in Kansas City, uh, you know, more children than that as well being treated. I did hear one couple on the news earlier saying that they had to rush their friend's child They were all at the parade together. They had to rush her friend's child to the hospital because she had gotten trampled and her leg had gotten broken in the hysteria. So just trying to get out of there when the gunshots started ringing out. So it's not just people who were necessarily shot. Also, there are victims, of course, all over the place because you cause mass hysteria when there's a million people in a place celebrating this team. It's just, it's awful. Uh, It's it's incredibly frustrating because it's, again, this is... This is the only place. This is the only place that this happens. Gun violence knows no socioeconomic uh, boundaries. It, it, it is colorblind. It is gender blind. I mean, it, it, from Parkland to Uvalde. I mean, right. it, 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 it it does. It, it's it's like drugs. It it, it it does not see. It just exists. And, and but this is one that, again that that you can fix, but. You know, I, I just, I, I just don't get it. I, you're at a, you're at a damn Super Bowl parade, celebrating, and you've got 22 injured, nine kids. So far, nine, nine kids yeah, shot. numbers are crying. We, we are climbing, and a person dead. One dead right now. It was 10 to 15 injured. Now it's 22 injured, and Mer- Children's Mercy Hospital treating 11 kids, nine of them with gunshot wounds. What the have- hell are we doing? We have eight people in critical condition. We don't know how many of those are the children, but hell, we've seen elementary schools get shot up in this, in this country as well. It's, it's the reality here. And, and the reality is at this parade, Ian, because you had said with a million people, how do you scan all the people? I mean, in Missouri, you're allowed to open carry anyways. So frankly, I don't know what, what would have mattered. You can walk around, around with, your, you know, with your guns. And in this case, it, it appears that... Don't that even need a permit. A, a don't, even don't even need a permit. There's no background check in Missouri either. So you just walk into a store, you bada bing, bada boom, you buy it the same day and just walk around. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian. Plenty more on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are keeping you up to date on the tragic shooting at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade where 22 people have been wounded. One person has lost his or her life. Eight people are still in life-threatening condition. The reports are right now nine children the reports are saying have gunshot wounds and are being treated. So we will keep you up to date there on all of the information as it rolls in. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. But we're here to talk sports. So we're going to do that as well. And there was some big news today out of the NFL. Steve Wilkes has been fired after just one season as the 49ers defensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan, announced today. One season seems to be a thing in Steve Wilkes' career, Ian. And, of course, this comes after that Super Bowl 58 heartbreaking loss that came down to overtime. This one surprised me because, you know, overall, uh, when you look at what his defense was able to do, I think they were third overall uh, in, in total defense, one of the leaders in scoring defense. And, oh, by the way, in the Super Bowl, you held Patrick Mahomes and that offense to 19 points in regulation, mm-hmm. where your offense also only scored 19 points. Now, these are two outstanding defenses. Kansas City's defense was a juggernaut from start to finish, week one all the way to overtime in the Super Bowl. But outside of when you know, a couple guys got banged up, including Bosa, and then they brought in Chase Young, uh, you know, and, and um, Warner got banged up a little bit uh, during in the middle of the season. Outside of about a two-week stretch, this defense for the Niners, I mean, they were hunting sideline to sideline. And next thing you know, after one year, uh, Steve Wilkes has shown the door. Is, is it a scapegoat? Maybe. Uh, is it, you know, it just wasn't a personality fit? Maybe. Oh, but I, I do know this. I'm, I'm all about results. And uh, the NFL, hell, any sport, Amber, is result-oriented. And that 49er defense, they got you results. Again, third in total defense. Third. Right. Third. <laughs> it is a top three the door. defense coming off of the entire season, the entire body of work. You're showing the door because of one drive in overtime where you couldn't stop the greatest quarterback of his generation who may end up becoming the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, that's what we're talking about. It seems ridiculous. It seems like Steve Wilkes is the fall guy in this scenario, but let's listen uh, to Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers head coach with his statement on the dismissal dismissal of Steve Wilkes. Morning. I relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties. Uh, He is a great football coach, but just where we're going, where we're at with our team from a scheme standpoint and things like that, felt pretty strongly that this was a decision that was best for our organization. I'm committed to trying, with the situation we're in, trying to find what we believe will give the Niners the best chance in 2024. And when you have a group of guys who have played at a high level doing certain things um, a specific way for a while, um, I do feel that's the best thing to do for them. I mean, your offense put him in a position where your offense could only score three points. So your offense put Steve Wilkes in a position where quite literally his back is against a wall and he has to call the drive of his lifetime to try to stop that guy, Patrick Mahomes, from being able to go down the field with four freaking downs every play. Right, four freaking downs the entire time because of the decision by Kyle Shanahan to go ahead and get the ball first in OT. It feels very unfair to me overall, frankly, 
concerning Steve Wilkes. Yeah, look, you know how close he was to having the number one overall scoring defense in the league? One point. One. Baltimore was number one in points per game at 16.5. Kansas City was second at 17.3. San Francisco at 17.5. That's how close they were to having the best defense in points allowed per game. That's all that matters. I don't give a damn about passing yards, total yards, rushing yards. All I care about is how many points are you giving up. That's the end of the conversation. The, the object of the game of football is to take this oblong object and prevent it from crossing a certain line. And on the other side, it's taking that oblong object and trying to cross a certain line, known as the goal line. And his team did it as well as damn near anybody in the game, his side of the ball. And he's fired. And you mentioned the one and duns. In his last five jobs, he has had one season. One. I mean, you're going back, you know, I mean, all the way back to his days in, what, Cleveland. I mean, then as a head coach, Arizona, given one year. I mean, it's, it's, it hurts. I mean, think about it. Carolina, he, he was there from 2012 to 2017. And this is about his family. You know, and my brother lives this life, and it's a life they chose. Yeah, you know, my brother now is with the Seattle Seahawks. So he's gone from Arizona to Carolina, uh, now to, um, uh, you know, now to the Seattle Seahawks. But one year as a head coach at Arizona, then one year as a decor in Cleveland, then he's out of football for a year, and then Missouri, then Carolina as he as a secondary coach, interim head coach, and now San Fran for a year, where his squad busted their butts. I feel for him. I really do, Amber. Uh, Yeah, I do too. I mean, like you said, it's been a pattern in Steve Wilkes' career, but we also saw a lot of people when he's an interim head coach in Carolina, a lot of people feeling like Carolina really messed up by letting him go. And now he's in another situation that it just doesn't feel like the problem with Steve Wilkes. In fact, I thought, frankly, like like you said, I mean, he called a, a hell of a game considering that he held that Kansas City offense to 19 points there in regulation. And... I don't know what more you can expect when you're up against that team. But how it much, feels how like, much do you read into when, when Shanahan said it just didn't fit? I mean, I, Is that personality? I don't. What does that mean? It, what, what didn't fit about it? He had the third best defense in the entire National Football League. So what doesn't fit? I, I, you just don't I, like the guy? I mean, I, I, guess. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have that answer. Isn't that kind of on I, you because you that hired stood the out guy, to me. though? That, that stood out to me. That's, that's a weird thing about these coaches, right? Because they're also the ones that do the hiring. So, okay, what went wrong with your hiring process that you don't, apparently somebody's such a bad fit that you dismiss them after one year, even though you performed up, even though they performed up to anybody's standards. Or is it on Wilkes that he's been in one, in, on one job? I'll give Arizona a pass, right? Just because, I mean, you know, Steve Kime decided to go get Cliff Kingsbury because they wanted Kyler Murray, right? So that, 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 that's, that's a different one. But every other, the other four spots, right, one and done. Now, Carolina, I'm with you. I mean, he turned he turned them around. They had a winning record with him as an interim head coach. And yet, Dave Tepper says, you know what? No, I'm, I'm not hiring you as my permanent head coach. He goes out to San Fran, has a remarkable year, and now he's one and done again. 
It, it is. I, I mean, listen, him. there is a pattern there. It, it's a brutal business, so it's hard to know why. It, sometimes when there's patterns, there are reasons. You know, maybe he is difficult to have in the building for longer than a season. Maybe he doesn't rub people the right way. I, I have no idea. He so Buddy Ryan, like, but I'll take him. <laughs> right. Well, he certainly seems like he's a good coach, right? He certainly yeah. seems like he gets the results on the field. Yeah. But maybe the people don't enjoy working with him. I mean, who knows? Or maybe it's just that this is a brutal business and that if you're in this business, a lot of the times you end up being the fall guy, James. Uh, this kind of it kind of felt felt inevitable, right? Because there were questions around him whenever they were on their three game losing streak earlier in the season, and he came, you know, came down from uh, the booth to the field, right? And all that. I remember all that now. Like, yeah, it's just like it, it always kind of seemed like if they didn't win the Super Bowl, he was going to be a scapegoat, even though. I mean, they they did a pretty good job on that. I mean, you guys said it. They did a pretty good job uh, against Mahomes in that offense. They're one point away from having the best scoring defense in the league. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they went to overtime against the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. It, it that in and of itself is an accomplishment. You know, that obviously we're talking about the greatest quarterback of his generation. We're talking about an all time defense there in in Kansas City. I mean, that it was it was a good performance by the Forty ers you can parse through it. You can pick at it. You can criticize Shanahan's decision. You can criticize, obviously, some of the play calling on both sides of the ball. But Kyle Shanahan, according to Hembo, offenses on third down in Super Bowls, Super Bowl 58 versus the Chiefs, 3-12 and 12 on third down versus the Chiefs before, 3-8, and eight, and the one versus the Patriots, 1-8. and eight. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's offense ain't flawless in these Super Bowls either. Yeah, but it's it, the DC who's going to take the fight. interesting point though by James. I had forgotten about uh, moving Wilksy from the booth to the field, so I, I, that's that's a good recall by by Steele there because I'd totally forgotten about that. Well, he was, probably he was it seemed like he was pit. in trouble there. Right. Like but it was, seemed like if they kept going in the direction they were going, but that it felt like he was taking the fall there too. It's like okay, we're on a three game skid, even though we had injuries all over the place. Well, let's bring let's blame this guy. Coming up next here, the Warriors tried to team up Steph and LeBron. That is next on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another disgusting day in America where we have 22 people who were wounded at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. One person has lost his or her life. Eight people, the last report, are still in life-threatening condition. I believe nine children was the latest report had been shot, according to the Children's Hospital there in Kansas City. The Metro area of Kansas City had canceled schools today. There was about 1 million people estimated in downtown Kansas City when this mass shooting rang out at the end of the championship parade. There are three people in custody, so potentially multiple shooters at this parade, and we are gathering all the information that we can. We will continue to keep you updated on that throughout tonight. Amber and Ian presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We will, of course, though, be talking about sports, and there was big breaking news out of the NBA today, and it was news that didn't actually happen. It was news of potential news, Ian, the rare... (laughs) 
<laughs> the rare breaking news of something that didn't actually occur, <laughs> but could break. have been big news. Right. It was the news that didn't actually break. Uh, and that news was that apparently the Golden State Warriors made a huge push to try to get LeBron to join Golden State, which included discussions with the Los Angeles Lakers, discussions that involved Rich Paul and LeBron, and of course, we know the trade deadline has, has come and gone, and LeBron is still a Los Angeles Laker. This one fascinates me because you go back years ago on the shop and LeBron was, was posed to the question, is there one guy out there that you would really, really like to play with? And he said, he thought about it for a moment, he goes, Steph Curry, he's the only one. And then this comes out, right, years later, that the Golden State Warriors made a hard push to try and get LeBron to Golden State. I'm fascinated by this whole thing because you know who are probably going to be teammates in the Olympics and spending a lot of time together? LeBron James and mm-hmm. Steph Curry. And you don't think there's going to be some crouton going on when it comes to Steph and the head coach of the Olympic team, and that is Steve Kerr? I mean – Well, that's how the big three came I, together I, in Miami. I can't, I the can't big three. wait to see the how big, this whole thing plays out. The big three came together in Miami because those guys got to know each other through playing in the Olympics. So that is where your best recruiting in the NBA comes from because it ain't tampering. Nope. <laughs> You're just talking as you're practicing for the a Olympics. Nice steak with a glass of Merlot, right? Next thing right? you know, you know what? You know how good we might be? I mean, it's yep. this hypothetical world. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of plays. Then you're moving around salt and pepper shakers, right? A Tabasco bottle, and this would be you, and you're setting a backside pick, you're going baseline. I mean, all the. Hey, that's not tampering. You're just talking to a teammate. You're just talking. So that certainly goes on. Also, we know that Draymond is good friends with LeBron. They've been in photographs traveling together. I think they were in Italy together last summer. So I'm sure there's an element of that as well. Draymond has been a huge proponent of trying to get LeBron to Golden State. And apparently it was Draymond that was the catalyst for all of this. He was the one that urged Golden State ownership to try to actually go after this with Los Angeles because I guess Draymond must have been under the impression that there was an opportunity to get this done. I don't know what ends up happening, what the breakdown is with those talks. It's interesting that everybody's looped in on this thing because LeBron doesn't actually have a no-trade clause. So if the Lakers had technically wanted to do this, but apparently those meetings that involved Jeannie Buss also involved Rich Paul and LeBron. So it's very obvious that the Lakers aren't going to do anything that doesn't involve, with or without a no-trade clause, that doesn't involve the blessing of LeBron James. And it feels like maybe that's where the breakdown was, was from his camp. Would you want to go to Golden State if you're LeBron? Now, I'm guessing the, the chain of thought here from Steph, Ian, was I've spent my whole career here, buddy. I've seen you play in three different places already. What's one more? I ain't going anywhere. So you come up. Yeah. I'm guessing that I got this town wired, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not. So you uh, come here because I've never let you come here. You're good at moving. Your family knows how to move their stuff into a new house. <laughs> well, well, think about this also because you, you still have to have this whole thing approved. You know, if LeBron would have been traded, Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, was on the Pat McAfee show earlier, and I would not have thought to ask this question. Great question by whichever one, whether it's McAfee or one of the minions, whomever asked it, it's a great question to Adam Silver. Here was his answer on would he have approved the trade LeBron to Golden State. Adam Silver. I have no other knowledge other than I read that there was those <laughs> yeah. discussions, so who knows. But I want to say they don't, they don't run that by, like LeBron no. going to the Golden State Warriors. That they, feels it, like only, something. it only comes to the league office if they actually have a proposed trade. Then we have to approve it. But for 
as I just read the reports, that if owners are talking to each other about possible moves just, GMs, absolutely not. They, and, and in fact, if they, they're laughing to hear me say this. They don't trust the league office. <laughs> if they're thinking about something like that, we're the last people they're going to tell until they have to. Would you approve that? Trade? If a trade was in, is within the rules, it's within the rules. And I don't think you would want, back to my point before about the sort of rule of law around sports, I don't think people would want me sitting here saying, ah, I don't think that's good for the league. That could, so, so you would approve that? If it, were, if it fit under the rules, I would have to. It, if it fit under the rules, yeah, I would we, have to. I don't know about that. We've, we've, seen, we've seen some stuff in the past that didn't feel... Uh, yeah, there was, there was a Chris Paul trade to L.A. that was vetoed by your former commissioner, right? Yeah. So, David Stern. So, that didn't happen because it was like, you know what? It's going to make them way... They're going to be dominant. No, Chris Paul, you are not going to be allowed to go from New Orleans to L.A. Ain't going to happen. So, to your point, yes, there have been trades that have been vetoed and not approved why because the commissioner said so yeah exactly so and it's like if, if you go know. if i want to come if my kid wanted to come play with with your son cullen right and i said no well, why not because i said so that's <laughs> that's why so to to your point yes there have been previous ones like chris paul to la that didn't happen because mom and dad said no i heard greenie recently on air give a dissertation about how you should never say because I said so to your kids that that should never be an answer and I thought Greeny hasn't had little kids in a really long time because Greeny's kids are grown and I'm like Greeny doesn't remember what it's like to have a four-year-old ask so many questions in a row (laughs) so many questions in a row that you just get to a point on question 35 that you're like, no, it's because I said so. And they keep coming back at you. I remember oh, those days. I'm not that ends. far removed. Mine are 18 and 15 now. But I remember those days where they, 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 they're like politicians, right, Where I mean, or lobbyists, where they'll come at you so many different ways. Why can't I have that piece of candy? Well, right. because it's not. you just had a piece. But why can't I have this one? Because it's not good for you. But why isn't it good for me? Why can't I have it? It's, it's mm-hmm. only a little piece. Well, because it has so much sugar. But but because I said so. But why is sugar bad for me? <laughs> right. Why is this? Why is that? But blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't miss those days, Amber. <laughs> and then I in do the not end, miss yes. those days. Because I said so. I can't tell you how many times I've said to my kid, because mommy's been around 41 years. You've been around four. That's why. <laughs> like, I know more than you. James, now, do me I feel a favor. like you have, At the age you have experience of four, on the subject. Hold on, hey, James, I know, you know what the next one is? If, you're, if I'm Amber? Now do the math and get back to me. And then if you can do the math between 41 and four, you can have that damn piece of candy. <laughs> yeah, it's like stop, stop jumping off of the fireplace. Why? Because I don't want you to fall and, you know, bust your head open. But I won't. Oh, but oh, I won't do that. Like, all right, well, don't do it because I said don't do it there. Right. How about that? Right. Yes. The challenge happens too much. Yes. When I heard Greeny talk about that, not to go off on the subject that we were just talking about, but you reminded me of that. When I heard Greeny talking about that on air, I'm like, man, it's been a while since you had the the little child that that won't stop asking you questions because sometimes I told you so is necessary. At times in the game of life, it truly is. And Adam Silver basically said that he would have approved it. But you know what? We have seen other times that it didn't happen because the commissioner said so. Said so. Because the commissioner said so. Quentin Richardson, former NBA player and host of the Knuckleheads podcast, was on Unsportsmanlike this morning. And he said Steph and LeBron would be wild, but he doesn't ever see it happening. 
hypothetically, it would have been nuts, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> to have him and Steph on the same team. I, I can't even imagine what that would have been like and how, you know, how that would have came together and how unfair it could have possibly been. But, um, you know, I, I didn't see LeBron leaving L.A. I still don't see him leaving L.A. But, uh, yeah, that's a that's a, that's a crazy scenario to just, just fathom at all. LeBron and Steph on the same team, that's crazy. I have a hard time seeing LeBron leave L.A. just to ring chase. I could see LeBron leaving L.A., but I feel like it might have more to that story if he was to leave L.A. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we stick to the LeBron-Steph Curry conversation. How the team that didn't happen almost happened. That's next here on ESPN Radio. We are keeping you updated here on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're keeping you updated on the tragic ending to the Chiefs Super Bowl parade, where right now, reportedly, 22 people were injured in total. One person has died. There are eight others that are in life-threatening condition. Nine children were shot and are being treated at a children's hospital For any more information, if you're looking for information, we are constantly keeping you updated on ESPN.com, ABC News, also an excellent resource. So we will continue to keep you updated. There's no easy way to transition away from that. But of course, we are here to talk about sports. And there was big news. And the big news today was news that didn't actually break. It was the breaking news that wasn't actually breaking news because there was no real news. But it was that there could have been news. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider, joining us to help us unpack it. And Wendy, thanks so much. So we got the news today that there could have been a pairing in Golden State with LeBron James and Steph Curry, but apparently the courting there of LeBron to try to get him to go up to Golden State and the Lakers to trade him was unsuccessful. Take us through it. Yeah, I think where this is different and the reason this sort of elevated was because it wasn't an instantaneous no from the Lakers. And, you know, these conversations happen, I'm sure, across all leagues where, you know, you just check on the availability of a star. Hey, are you guys still good with, you know, your future Hall of Famer? Yep, we're good. Okay, well, what about this? In this case, this negotiation or this discussion lasted uh, almost a full day, and that is why it's interesting. Number one, it's interesting that LeBron had some level of consideration. Number two, that the Warriors even felt that they should ask. And, you know, they were seeing the social media posts and the passive-aggressive stuff like everybody else, and... Draymond Green, who's LeBron James' friend, you know, reached out to Rich Paul, LeBron's agent, and said, hey, would he really consider this? Like, that's that's something. And then third, I think, is that the Lakers didn't say no. I think the Lakers were like, look, you want to ask LeBron? Go ahead and ask LeBron. And I think it's probably because, you know, they were like, we'd like to find out ourselves where he's at, the way things have gone over the last seven to ten days. And so at the end of the day, I actually think the Lakers are in stronger position because they heard from LeBron clearly, communicated directly to the Warriors, no, thanks for asking, no matter how long it actually took him to say that, but I'm going to stay here with the Lakers. I'm a Laker. I don't want to go anywhere. And since the Lakers don't know what LeBron's going to do with his contract option and have been getting these mixed messages from him. Hearing that, I think, emboldened how they approached the trade deadline, which was to do nothing, and will affect how they handle their offseason, where they're going to go into the draft and into free agency, not necessarily worried about LeBron you know, holding that over them. This is so fascinating on so many levels. So we all know that LeBron and Steph are probably going to be teammates on the Olympic team. Steve Kerr, head coach. That means they're going to spend a lot of time together, and that's not tampering. So that that's advantage Golden State to try and recruit LeBron 
to Golden State, but you still have Bronny at USC in LA. So when you having trying to unpack all of this, how much how much do you believe that this could still be alive after this season is over? I do think my first impression when I heard this was that this was never going to happen. Now it's too gigantic of a move to happen midseason. That it's really all about the summer. And it's about whether or not LeBron would seriously entertain free agency. I do think he's probably going to opt out of his contract, not because he wants to leave, but because it opens up a bunch of options, even if it's just re-signing with the Lakers. But when LeBron hits unrestricted free agency, I mean, that is a, is a real thing. And the question to me will be, you know, will he keep an eye on what happens with Bronny? Will that be a factor in his decision? I mean, that is something that teams don't know about. Would he consider relocating? I don't think so, but the fact that there were multiple phone calls placed about a trade indicates that other teams are wondering that themselves, and that's before we see how this Lakers season ends. If, is your feeling on not thinking that he's going to be inclined to relocate based on just the other stuff that he has going on in Los Angeles and how much he enjoys living there, or is that a Lakers thing? What, what brings you to that theory? Yeah, I think he does really like living in Los Angeles. I think he, you know, his family is in Los Angeles. His son, Bryce, which, you know, Bronny gets all the attention, but his son, Bryce, is going to be a senior in high school next year. Um, You know, he is very invested in the Los Angeles area. And, you know, the thing about it is, like, I'm not sure that chasing a championship is the most important thing in his in his world right now. I think he wants to win. He's trying to win with the Lakers. He wants them to do everything he possibly can. But if he only wanted to go for championships, he probably wouldn't have signed in L.A. They hadn't made the playoffs in six years and had a roster completely devoid of any talent. A year later, they got Anthony Davis, but that first year they were miserable. So I'm not sure that you can just apply you know, a vacuum-like metric like he must chase a title. And I think... The relationship with LeBron or with uh, Draymond is interesting. I think the the Olympic team possibilities are obviously the basis of all super teams or many super teams of uh, of the past, and that's all intriguing. But he also is scheduled to make fifty one million dollars with the Lakers, and if he had to go to another team that was built up, he may have to take a gigantic pay cut. And I'm not so sure he's in the mood for that at this point in his career. You mentioned Draymond, and this stuff just cracks me up. I find it thoroughly entertaining, and it's a child in me. I freely admit it. But Draymond going at KD and Nurkic again. I mean, just uh, when, when you saw Draymond being Draymond and going back at those two, what was your instant reaction? Well, the thing is, the Warriors have won seven of their last eight games. They're playing great defense. They have sort of risen from uh, the crypt. And you can just tell he's feeling himself, as they would say in the NBA. He's like, okay, I'm back. The swagger is back. Um, You know, he hauled off and hit Nurkic in the head. Like, you know, Nurkic, frankly, is entitled to a little bit of uh, of trash talk, uh, especially since he never personally apologized to him. So, uh, you know, and, and by the way, like what KD said, which was that he needed help, Draymond then subsequently went out and got therapy. Like, I think K- I don't think KD was trying to be, um, you know, harsh about it. In fact, I was there when KD was trying to explain, um, you know, what he was saying. I don't think he was trying to take a shot at him. So I just think Draymond having to sort of sit in the corner for the last couple of months is now f- back on a winning team, and he's, you know, trying to settle some old scores. I would just say make sure it stays on the basketball court and doesn't continue to get extracurricular because he could rollick this team again if he makes another mistake. 
Brian Windhorst joining us here on Amber and Ian. Wendy, do you think the criticism with the Lakers will be louder after this report if LeBron ends up leaving them this offseason? Because now we know that there was a viable suitor out there that would have been potentially willing to trade for him. I don't think it makes a difference because I think ultimately the way the Lakers have approached things, they've set up the expectation that they're going to make a big move this summer. And one of the reasons why they didn't make a move at the deadline was because they only had one first-round pick to trade. In the summer, they will have three. Their players that maybe were not as attractive to trade because they had multiple years on their contract will become expiring contracts. They will have an opportunity to go out and sort of hunt for players. And whether LeBron was a free agent or not, regardless of this Warriors situation, he was going to expect the Lakers to be aggressive. So I think the Lakers, if anything, have put pressure on themselves, you know, especially if this season ends you know, short of the conference finals where they were a year ago, to, to drastically improve. And here's the thing. Where, where LeBron is in his, in his career, he can opt out of that contract on June 29th, which is the, day, the date he's got to choose, and he can just sit there. He doesn't have to re-sign right away. He can go off to the Olympics and not re-sign and just sort of wait for the Lakers to make a move. But the Lakers now you know, really have the, the belief that he doesn't want to go anywhere because he just made it very clear to a very viable trade suitor that he didn't want to go anywhere. Last one for me, Wendy. We appreciate your time here on ESPN Radio. I, I love this, this whole Sabrina, Sabrina Ionescu and Steph Curry three-point challenge. Yeah. What does this do not just for – our entertainment, but for young women out there watching Sabrina go toe-to-toe with the best three-point shooter we've ever seen. Well, let me ask you this, Ian. Do you know who the current slam dunk champion is? Nope. It's okay It's okay if you don't. Do you know who the current three-point shooting champion is? Nope. Okay. So that's the thing. The NBA has had eroding interest in viewership, especially yep. on All-Star Saturday night. I'm in and here, on this one. here we have two – here you are. You know, we're – uh, days and days away, yep. and you are talking about it already. So this, and by the way, I do think Steph wants to bring attention to just how good Sabrina and the WNBA players are. It's it's an ascendant league, and I think all that's positive. But I also think the NBA is trying to re-engage the fans after a frankly a very poor All Star weekend last year. So I think that's at the basis of it, and I hope it's a great show. And you know, by the way, it's Matt McClung. Mac McClung is the reigning 330 uh, slam dunk champion. The former Texas Tech Red Raider. Yes. (laughs) I don't think he's in the NBA right now, and that's right. (laughs) That's right. Uh, As a woman, it makes me nervous, Wendy. It really does. I know that's weird, um, but, I, I, man, I just feel like. Well, when you go up against the greatest shooter of all time, it's a high bar. She's already beat him. She's already beat him. Like, she already has the record. She's already beat him. I don't know. Uh, anyways, head to head. It, I know head to head. I know, but I don't love it. If it doesn't, if it doesn't go, I just know. I just know what all your you know macho misogynist guys are going to come out like. See, <laughs> I'm watching. I know that. Can't Hopefully wait for it. Hopefully, it goes very well though. It'll certainly be electric. I'm definitely excited to see it. We will all be locked in. So uh, you know, it'll it'll certainly be electric to see. Brian Windhorse, thanks, Wendy, so much. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we continue on. We will keep you updated on the tragedy in Kansas City. Plus, plenty more here on ESPN Radio.